friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Meg here as always and we have a really great episode for you this week but before we dive into that let's have a chat because I feel chatty today and I just feel like there's a lot for us to talk about. So let's start with that new moon that just took place on April 12th. If you aren't feeling fresh vibes, then maybe just sit with yourself and allow yourself to set some intentions. So new moons are always really great timing to set intentions or plant a seed for what you want to manifest. But this new moon in particular is especially good for that. So if you didn't take some time yet for this new moon to just kind of utilize and harness that energy coming from the new moon, I really do recommend that you do that. Just take advantage of this new energy. And also, like I said, the fresh start before, it's really normal to feel a fresh start with the new moon, but also especially this one. Not only does this new moon come to us at springtime, so a change of season, but this new moon is actually the first new moon of a new astrological year. So it's the first new moon in Aries season, which is the beginning of a new astrological year. So it is significant, and I really do recommend that you just use that energy this week. You'll feel the energy of the new moon um, like even three to five days out, so after April 12th. So this is coming at you live, this episode. It's coming to you a couple days after the new moon, but I still really do encourage you to just use that energy. And then another update is that all spots for my Back Home to You coaching program are filled. So congrats to all of my ladies who have said yes to themselves this year and who have joined me for the 12 weeks inside my Back Home to You coaching program. Back Home to You is now a private coaching program and you can read all about it at megdoll.com slash you. Right now, I cannot currently accept any new clients, but come late May, I'll have a couple spots open up as my current girls finish up their time inside the program. So I will have one to two spots opening at the end of May. And if you're really interested in coaching with me and diving deep within your self-healing journey, just go to magdahl.com slash back home to you. And I have a wait list ready for you there. So just sign up for that wait list, get your name on there, and I will be in touch. All right, so this week I have Stacy Brass Russell on the show. Stacy is a evolution coach. She is also a business coach, and I am so excited to share this episode with you because her and I talk about change and actually how to embrace change. I really wanted to have this conversation with Stacy because I personally work with so many women in eating disorder recovery and hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery, and change is a really scary thing. And we try to like duck out a change, right? We avoid it as much as possible. And with recovery, brings a lot of change. So I really do love this conversation that I had with Stacy this week on the show about changing our relationship with change and learning how to embrace it because it is something that just naturally happens in our life. And if we learn how to embrace change or change our relationship to it, 
life gets a lot easier and a lot more fun. Imagine if you were able to just welcome change with big open arms. That's what we're talking about this week. And something that I really do adore about Stacy is that she has a very similar approach to me when it comes to observing our thoughts and our emotions. So this is something that Stacy and I get into on the show but I just wanted to point that out. This is one of like hands down one of my favorite tools that I help women with as well. And I was so happy that Stacy was right along there with me. And then speaking of change, you all know I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan and I just like had to mention her in this week's podcast episode during the intro because Taylor Swift is just doing all the things this year. If you looked at what she did from like March of 2020 up until present day, it's just like this girl is on fire and I think that that's a really great, the reason why I wanted to bring her up is number one, she released her brand new updated Fearless album recently since we last chatted last week. And um, I just think it goes hand in hand with really embracing change because all of our lives have changed so significantly over the past year due to the pandemic, of course. And there are people that um, have really learned to embrace it and make the most of it. And I really do think Taylor Swift is one of those people because she literally released three albums (laughs) and like two documentaries. Um, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm definitely waiting on a third documentary. Um, She released that documentary to Disney Plus in, what was it, like November? I am anxiously awaiting a documentary all about the production of Evermore, but it still has yet to be released or even talked about. So I'm still over here crossing my fingers that that is going to happen, but we'll see. So anyways, that's just a taste of things that I wanted to share with you this week and talk to you about, but let's jump over to the show with Stacy. Hey Stacy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. Before I hit record, I let you know that I am very excited to talk about your process of embracing change. And change is actually something that I talk a lot about with my clients. I work a lot with women who are going through eating disorder recovery, hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery, and through those two types of recovery comes a lot of change. And this is something that might not be all the time like super um, comfortable to fully embrace. So I'm really excited to hear more about how we can start embracing change. But before we really dive into things, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and why you love talking about this? So, um, yeah, so I'm Stacy, and I'm, I'm here coming in here from New York City, and I am an evolution coach and a business strategist. Um, and a little bit about me and why I, you know, ended up being feeling like I'm an expert in change is that I started out as a performer. I was on Broadway when I was 10 years old and spent a lot of my life in show business and being a performer. And then I had the opportunity to uh, become a yoga teacher uh, when I was around 30. And it felt like a great opportunity to have uh, a job that I would enjoy doing when I wasn't acting. So instead of waiting tables, which I did not enjoy, um, I thought, oh, yoga teaching would be a great way for me to, you know, supplement my income. And teaching yoga turned out to be Um, not only something that I loved so much, but I, you know, really kind of developed a 
a, a, a nice following of students. And I really kind of ended up unexpectedly in this yoga track of my life and in a career, uh, you know, helping people not only with the physical practice of yoga, but for me personally, I really, really, really was fascinated with the not just the spirituality, but the psychology of yoga, right? So yoga is a, uh, you know, is a, is an umbrella term that really covers all of the practices of yoga, right? Which are not only doing the, the postures, but also meditation. And obviously there's a spiritual practice, but, you know, yoga is based in neuroscience. And so for me, over the course of two decades, I really, became just as much of a scholarly expert, uh, you know, in that aspect of yoga as I was an expert in teaching the poses and alignment and understanding the body. And what came along with that for me was really this understanding of how our minds respond to a difficulty or like, you know, whenever something comes up that's a challenge or that causes us any kind of pain or suffering. And along with that, anytime that something is changing, that our brains don't really like change. And that became a, a, a real point of fascination for me, this idea that we are actually designed to evolve, right? I mean, that is actually part of the human design is that we are designed to adapt and to evolve and to grow and move are wired to resist that or to reject the very notion of having to sort of step into the unknown or experience something new that we are unfamiliar with. It's very scary. And so we avoid it. And that really was something that I just, just felt like, wow, that is a very important, um, it's an important thing to, to recognize if you would like to be someone who is able to look at what your current circumstance is and think, hmm, I would like this to be different. And then you need to have a method of how you're going to make it different because it's just not what your brain gets really excited about. And so that's the kind of, you know, a big part of my journey. And then, of course, for me, I've used those tools to change my circumstance many times. You know, I ended up opening a yoga studio and then I wasn't really loving the experience of being in a partnership and owning a small business. And I became a coach and I, you know, built a very successful business in a short amount of time. And I really think I've used those tools, the tools of mindset and how to become someone who can uh, work with my brain so that I can make changes when it feels like that's what the universe is telling me it's time for. That's incredible. And we'll definitely dive into like signs from the universe as well. But like you said, okay, so we can be presented with this time in our life where we're going through a lot of change and we are kind of like hardwired to resist change. It, it naturally feels uncomfortable to us. So we know this, right? But then, okay, how do we move through that and start to embrace change so we can actually move through it, get to the other side type of thing? And I know you actually have a system for this. So tell us more about that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, because I was really um, just really teaching yoga with both the physical and the, you know, whatever we want to call it, the mental, the, the, the emotional, the, the uh, spiritual, because that was really the kind of yoga teacher I am, right? So a lot of times you go to a yoga class and it's very, very physical, you know, it's just very much about the, like the workout, the yoga workout, or, you know, I got to get my sweat on. And that was never my vibe. I was always, I always felt like we do the poses, um, because they're meant to prepare us, A, for being able to, you know, have bodies that can be in energetic alignment so that we can meditate, so that we can kind of tune in. And the other, you know, important part about doing the physical poses is that they 
are meant to not hurt. That's not what they're meant to do, but they're meant to challenge us. They're meant to feel, you know, when we hold a yoga pose, we're actually meant to get to this point where we feel like we're having to work to stay there, right? Because the way that our brains work is that they get distracted or we feel like the moment there's something that feels uncomfortable, we want to get out, we want to escape. And so for so many years of teaching that and then becoming a coach and my background in coaching is you know, some neuro-linguistic programming. I mean, all the mindset work and all of the deeper transformational work. And for me, because I was, I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years, I thought I want to bring this all together, right? I don't want to just all of a sudden now I'm a coach. And so I'm leaving all my yoga, you know, behind. And so I created a system to really kind of make it easier for people to understand rather than just saying like, oh, you know, just we're going to meditate and we're going to breathe and we're going to have positive affirmations, you know, with the universe, rather than it just feeling like um, so many possible tools, right? Because that's what there, there's so many possible tools. I felt like I think I can systematize this so that it can help people to understand that there's a, a progression or that we can look at the various stages of what we need to look at in order to become changeable. And so I created a system called Evolve because I really, really, really believe that that is what we're meant to do. We're meant to keep moving forward. We're meant to keep expanding and getting better. Um, and every experience that we have, even the ones that we think were not good, right? Even when we have pain and suffering and, you know, I know you, um, I know that that your clients, you, I, I've listened to some episodes. I know you talk about pregnancy and about fertility. And, you know, I personally went through many, many, many years of fertility treatments and, and didn't end up getting to have a, a baby. Um, but even just that experience of, you know, something that doesn't feel like it's 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 a great experience when we look back we have to be able to see how every choice that we've made how everything that we've done you know continues to contribute to who we get to be and how we get to serve others and how we get to show up in the world so the system is called evolve and um and basically it's an acronym and it stands for e for expand v for visualize O for objective observer, L for let go to let in, the second V is for versatility, and then the second E is for empowered action. And basically the way that that system unfolds is, you know, the very first thing that we experience when we are not liking a situation or when we are really experiencing, I call it the squeeze, you know, the squeeze of like, we're on the verge of change. And sometimes sometimes that change is not something that we chose, right? Sometimes it's that something happens, someone dies, we get, we break up with, you know, we, we lose a job, we go through loss, um, you know, whatever it is, we have a, a physical issue that interrupts our, right? Like whenever we have an illness or a physical issue, it feels like it's interrupting, right? Our ability to just be, um, we go into contraction. So the first step of change is expand. How do we start to open up our lens again, right? That lens that is honed in on this one thing that feels like our difficulty, our suffering. We go into this real kind of, you know, tight, almost like a, a laser, right? A laser beam on this problem. And so the very first step is to expand. And that's a big part of what, for example, physical workout is about, right? Like we're doing yoga poses. It's about the physical reopening of a contracted body, right? So that we can get energy flow. We can get life force back again. We can have circulation. We can reconnect to our breath, which is how we really connect to the universe. So the first step is expansion for both the physical body and our mind. And then yeah, so um, V for visualize, I'm a big advocate of, you know, how important it is to be able to see ourselves 
you know, having the experience that we want to have, or what, where would we like to be that we can see ourselves having, you know, what we want, um, that we even have a vision for what we want to create the life that we want, the lifestyle, whatever that is. Um, and I actually think that when we're kind of in our contracted state, some I've had many clients, and I, I'm curious if you have, um, show up to, you know, the beginning of our work together, and feel like they can't even picture themselves like really having what they want or or it's difficult to imagine that they can even you know uh, that they're even worthy for example of of the kind of what they desire you know and so it's scary to even want it for sure yeah no i totally understand what you're saying i mean whether it's because we've been led to believe through conditioning or misunderstandings we you know a lot of people that I work with absolutely do have these like deeply held beliefs that they aren't worthy of change or whatever they are wanting to achieve so for sure and I love that visualization is part of your method of helping people move through change well, you know, it's also um, a lot of times one of the things that 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 we struggle with is that it's hard to imagine something that you haven't already experienced. Yes. Right? It's almost like your your emotional body is really, really connected to what you've already experienced, which is where our limiting beliefs come from. Right. I mean, they come from an experience and then that kind of becomes what we what we identify with and what we know. And sometimes when we would like something that's brand new, it's hard to imagine it because we've never experienced yet. yet. And our nervous system doesn't know it and our emotional body doesn't know it. And so visualization is our closest you know it's the it's the it's the closest thing that we can do to have an experience, right? A new experience so that we can actually start to imagine that it's possible. So that's where that comes in. Um, objective observer is about becoming the witness, right? I mean, we human beings, one of the sayings I like is that we are meaning making machines, right? We, we do not like to not know what something means. So in the absence of having that information, we make stuff up, right? And that's one of the ways that we torture ourselves. <laughs> we just make up stories and, you know, assume the worst. And um, even in our relationships, right? We we're, we're, we base so much of like, of what we think of ourselves and what we think other people are going to think or how they're going to respond. Um, we make up meaning about the situations that we're in. So learning how to step back and be a little more of a witness, even to our emotions, right? You know, I'm all about feeling the feels. And I also know that there, at some point, we have to be able to step back and then kind of become a little more objective so that we can, we can begin to move forward. Um, let go to let in is all about surrendering you know, and releasing and starting to reopen ourselves to faith and belief um, and allowing in, right, to be able to receive and to, you know, make room, right? Because sometimes when we need to make a change, one of the reasons why we struggle is that we literally don't have the space for it. We don't have the space for anything new. We, we walk around carrying, right, carrying a lot with us, carrying a lot of extra weight. Um, and so having that process that we all use, I mean, even just ritual, even, you know, I know, you know, you love to talk about you know, that you teach and, and a big part of your work is essential oils. And, you know, I mean, I really do think that creating, even when we make it up, <laughs> making up our own rituals, you know, writing down what you want to let go of and, you know, burning it, <laughs> whatever you want to do, it counts, you know, and so that's what let go to let in is about. And then versatility, that's the, that's the ability to make change. And what that is about is about choice. When we are seeing ourselves as not having options, we are closed. We are basically, we're basically saying, 
I can't, nothing is available to me. And so versatility is about recognizing that whatever your situation is, and I know sometimes this can sound like jerky, <laughs> whatever your situation is, there is some part of it where you're in choice, you're, you're making a choice to be there and you get to make a different choice when you're ready. And then finally, empowered action, the way I sum up empowered action to me is not just action because we have to take action every day. I mean, if we want to have successful businesses or lives, we have to take action. Empowered action is when you say yes before you know how. Empowered action is the action that feels a little scary. It feels a little risky because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And that's that whole thing about our brains, right? It's that whole thing where in order to build confidence, in order to actually start to feel like we know, we actually have to go through that moment first where we don't know. We don't know. We can't know the outcome of everything before we take that, that empowered step to having what we want. So that's the system. And thank you for letting me go through it. I hope it was, I hope it was interesting and not, not boring to hear that. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course not. For sure. It was super interesting. And the observing, like becoming the observer, that phase, the oh, I, in my group coaching program, Back Home to You, we start off with the observing phase, which is four weeks long because we are so like quick to make up these stories in our heads or just believe absolutely everything we think and feel. And it is so important that we learn to become the observer and I love that that's part of your course as well, or part of your Evolve method. So I was like, yeah, that makes me yeah. so happy. Awesome. Yeah. And also it's like a, I call it also a data phase. It's kind of like when you become, you know, if you think about whenever like a, like, like scientists, you know, like <laughs> scientists, <clears throat> there's no emotion, right? It's data. It's like when, when you're a scientist, you do an experiment and whatever the, the information is, is the information, right? It's not like it's good or bad. It's not, it's not you, you know, like there's no attachment. And I think that um, a really great skill to have in life is to know when you're in a phase of collecting data, you know, we need information in order to make informed decisions. And, you know, being that witness where you learn how to kind of like, see things as like valuable information that helps you to move forward rather than immediately putting everything in the category of like, if it's good or bad, or if you like it or dislike it, you know, and that can be a real, you know, real, that's a human, <laughs> that's something that we do as humans all the time. We basically categorize everything as whether we like it or don't like it, or if we think it's good or bad. And I definitely have to work on that. You know, I work on that. I think it's, I think it's helpful not to think that every single thing, you know, has to, has to fall into one of those categories. Totally. Yeah. And that um, is something I love talking about too, is like that gray zone or the neutral area. You know, um, I talk a lot about that in regards to body image. Um, so many of us think we either have to love our bodies or hate our bodies. And when I was going through hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery, I discovered this gray area that apparently is called body neutrality. And it's just kind of being okay. It's being content. It's kind of being just like neutral about your body. And I think that's kind of like the most magical place to be. So same thing when it comes to what we're talking about here, like your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, behaviors, that sort of thing. We don't have to tie like good, bad to our thoughts. They can just be there and we can just be the observers. Yeah. I love what you just said about, <clears throat> about the, about the, the, the neutrality, um, 
about your body because when I talk about unconditional love, right? We, these are there, there are phrases when you're in wellness and you're in health and you're in coaching and yoga. There are these phrases that are like they they become so they become so comfortable that I think sometimes we don't actually stop and actually think about what what is that saying? And we use things like true self and unconditional love and the light within. And I love to stop and say, what are we really saying here? Like, what is unconditional love? And to me, and, and this comes up because I, you know, I also, I mean, whenever we work with women, we are women, we work with women, but how we feel about our bodies, <laughs> there's such a huge spectrum. So even someone who doesn't identify with having had any sort of disordered eating or any, you know, anything, I, I still can tell you, like, you know, I think about <laughs> my body image all the time, you know, I think that it's, I think most of us, you know, have some degree, right, we're on some spectrum of thinking about whether we like our body today or we don't, or it feels good or it feels bad or, you know, whatever. So when I talk about un unconditional, like love of self, I, 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 it's really, it's like this concept that's so hard to like put into words, but there's this, what you just said, neutrality to me, it's also this feeling of like, it's just loving of self. Like there is no, like there is nothing to to love more or love less, or it's literally what is unconditional love. It's literally just the absolute full acceptance of self and seeing ourselves as perfect and whole and, you know, and, and, in, and, and totally worthy of, of complete absolute acceptance and love. And that that's about our bodies. That's about our minds. That's about, you know, literally every part of ourselves. And so when you were saying the neutrality, to me, what was coming up was that it was very similar to that sort of, you know, what is unconditional? Unconditional is literally just being like, it doesn't, there's no such thing as good or bad. It, <laughs> there's no such thing. It's just absolutely without, without condition. Yeah, I love that so much. And you're so right. There's so many like terms thrown around and we really do need to kind of sit back and sit there sometimes and really like contemplate like, okay, what does that actually mean? And I love that you dissected unconditional love for us. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I love that yoga led you to becoming like this transformation type of coach. I find that so fascinating. So in your coaching practice, what, who is typically coming to you? Um, you obviously specialize in supporting people moving through change. So what types of transformations are people working through when they come to you? So I, I, I feel very, very confident in saying that everyone who I work with is fits into the category of creative and soulful. Um, and what that means is that I, first of all, and you can tell me if you agree, I think that as coaches, when we are really being authentic about like when we're really putting our authentic message and and work out into the world i don't think it's possible to not attract people that relate to you and that have similar experience and i, I mean i do think we tend to coach people that are oh, like yeah. ourselves totally like all of my clients <laughs> i'm like i literally went through this exact same thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for, so for me, what, what the, uh, what the, you know, how I ended up coaching who I coach and I, who do I coach? I coach a lot of service-based individuals. So uh, creatives, coaches, yoga teachers, wellness, people who don't fit in to the nine to five or, you know, people who, are not really designed to just be working for someone else. Most of the people that I work with are people who, when they first started out in their life, whether it was when they went to what they went to college for or what they thought they were going to be was something 
more creative, something that was, you know, kind of more like, like I'm saying wellness, esoteric. And as we all do, and I'm really lucky because like my, you know, I worked a lot as an actor, but when I did have money jobs, I was the person who, you know, wherever I worked, even if it had nothing to do with what I wanted to, to do with my life, because I'm a high achiever and I'm, and I'm a heart centered and I'm service-based everywhere I worked, I always did the best job, right? I, whatever I was doing. And so if I was working in a cater as a cater waiter, all of a sudden I became, you know, the head, the head of the event, <laughs> you know, then I was the event planner. And, and I work with people like that. I work with, with, with people who all of a sudden 10 years goes by, 15 years goes by, 20 years goes by, and they're doing a job that they never intended to do because they're just, they're just good at, showing up and being loyal and they're smart and they're creative and they're totally devoted. And all of a sudden they wake up feeling like they're no longer happy with the fact that they're not actually doing, they're not using their gifts and their skills and their passions. So I'm someone who actually did it. Like I was an actor, I became a yoga teacher and honestly, I love teaching yoga. I still performed and I haven't performed as much lately that I've been building my coaching practice, but I, you know, then I opened a yoga studio and then I became a coach and all of these people that were coming to me really were coming because they wanted what I was doing. They basically were saying, I want you to help me be successful using my gifts and skills, my passion. Um, and so one of the things that I really help people with, and this is something that I had to sort of identify that I was doing before I realized it, was I really help people uh, to be very, very clear on their mission and message. And I was never trained in this when I was a yoga teacher and owning a studio and having a huge following and training teachers to be teachers. But just naturally, I really honed in on what my message was about yoga. Like, what did I want people to experience uh, in their in my class? And really only talking about the things that I felt really connected to and having so many teachers coming to me and saying, I want your help. I want to be able to do what you do in the classroom. I want to be able to weave you know, other things besides the poses into my class. And what I started doing was helping teachers get really clear on what their message was about yoga. And when I became a coach, um, and I did become a health coach first, my journey also, you know, just total transparency was I've taught so many individuals private yoga, and so many yoga teachers how to be teachers. And I would sit down for a private session with someone and 40 minutes in have to say, I just want to check in with you. Did you want to do any poses today? Because everybody would want to basically talk. And when I became a coach, a huge part of it was because I felt like, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and I really, and I know I have innate or natural skills to coach but I want the certification because that's what people are coming to me for. They're really coming to me to talk about how they can get to the next level, whether it's with their health or their yoga or their life or their relationship or get out of the job that they're not happy in and how, you know, how, how can I help them? And so that's really, that's really how I ended up where I am. I first became a health coach, then I became a life coach. Then I became a master level transformational mindset coach. And a lot of how I evolved evolved into the coach that I am has a lot to do with who was coming to me and what they were telling me that they wanted coaching on. And I basically, you know, looked at that and and really over the years, you know, really felt like, okay, I get it. I get who's coming to me and it's individuals who also come from a background when you're a creative and you're a heart-centered, soulful yoga teacher and a wellness person and all you, your whole mission is to serve and help other people. 
you don't like to ask for money. You feel salesy. There's a lot, a, a lot of money mindset, a lot of the feeling of, you know, like a lot of lack mindset and scarcity mindset, a lot of um, fear of imposter syndrome, because who are you to say that you're someone who he helps heal people or helps them, you know, to feel better unless your life is perfect, you know? Um, so uh, I think everyone deals with these things, but I do think that, that um, a lot of service-based individuals and a lot of artists and creatives and, um, you know, like empathetic, compassionate, soulful people who have a mission. Um, I think that there's, you know, that what comes along with it sometimes is a lot of that sort of feeling of, I don't know if I can do it. You know, who am I to, 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 to have this wonderful life where I get to wake up every day and make money doing what I feel like I was born to do. And I think so many people don't wake up and, and think that about their lives. Right, right. So for the women that are listening to this show, ready to make a change, maybe in their career, right? You would, what would be kind of like that first step for them that you would maybe give them a tool today of um, something that they can do if they are feeling those things, like you said, um, the imposter syndrome, who am I to do this? Because I totally get it. That's definitely something that comes up all the time, right? When we are about to make that change, who am I to do this? Um, yeah, what would you say to those women to help them take that next step on their journey of change? I would say that one of the most important things that we can do is first of all, take inventory. I call it right. Like, like where one of the, one of the most important things we can do is draw on all of what we've already accomplished. So, so one of the first tools to figuring out like, what can I do with my gifts and skills? <laughs> how am I, how can I take that forward? Now, you know, I just don't want to say Meg also, I mean, I do help people actually start businesses, right? I actually help people create their businesses. Um, and so some, most of the time when people come to me for that, they have an idea, right? It's like, I, 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 I want to, I want to, I really have, you know, I became a certified coach and I have no clients, right? That's a lot of, or, or I'm teaching one-off yoga classes. And of course, now that there's a pandemic, there's no yoga studios. So I have all of these clients, you know, that, that um, I'm helping create courses or create different ways for them to share yoga in the online world, right? So sometimes people already know what they want to do. But when someone comes to me and, you know, they're like, I just know that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And it's not that they're, they have their business ready to go. The very first thing that we need to do is we need to basically go back. The first question I ask is, what did you think you were going to be when you were little and you were thinking about what you want to be, what did you think that was going to be? And then we do have to start to go back and do some inventory because the imposter syndrome and the feeling of, I don't think I can do it. We need to tap back into the, uh, what we know we're good at, even things like listening, right? When, like you ask someone, what are you great at? Why are, why, does every, why are you a great friend? right? Well, I'm a really good listener. I'm loyal. I care, you know, so we start to do a little bit of that kind of inventory. And the very first step is what I call your MVP. And your MVP is your mission, values, and passion. And so that's where we begin. So if I was giving someone an exercise, you know, the simple one is, let's take inventory of all of your, you know, all of your great accomplishments, all of the things that you've already done so that we can look at what is the common denominator and where would you like to go from here? But if I was helping someone start to actually figure out a business, we do the MVP. What is, what, what, what are the things in your life that feel like they've led you to form your, your mission? What are, what is it that you really want to share with the world? 
what are your values? What are the most important things to you that you value in life? Is it friendship? Is it, you know, is it integrity? Is it truth? Is it partnership? Is it community? Is it, you know, like, what are those things? And then finally, your passion, you know, what do you, what do you love? I, I want to hear from people like, if they love knitting, I want to hear from people, you know, what do you want to spend your time doing? And when we can really start to talk about those things, then we can actually think about, so what might be next for you? Um, so I do think part of it depends though on whether or not someone has already decided to kind of get, you know, get a certification in something or if they always thought they were going to be something and they just didn't end up getting to pursue that path. So it does depend a little bit on, I call it the timeline. Where am I coming into someone's timeline? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm just so curious, Stacey, if you know what your human design type is. I don't. And, you know, I'm seeing everyone that every, like I've been talking to many people on podcasts and I looked at your uh, topics and I was like, man, I, it, it's so hard for me to imagine like learning a, something else right now with where I am in my business and do, you know, and then I'm like, I have to become a human design person as well. Like I literally just, feel that way. <laughs> you just need to know at least like your energy type just to know. And it's so easy. You just go on the site, plug in your yeah. information and it spits it out. But I would be so curious just as you're talking, I'm like, I have a I have a hunch. So it would be nice if you could let us know and then I'll include okay. that in the show. <laughs> okay. I absolutely will. I it, it feels like it's the next thing also that I just want to be able to, I'm the kind of person that I want to, you know, I want to know about it so that, you know, I, I'm like, wow, this is a tool that I probably should start to use in my, yeah. in my coaching as well. Makes such I don't a know huge if I difference. answered your question about what a woman would do next if she wanted to figure out how to make change, but you know, I, I, I definitely think that a lot of it depends on like where where I'd be where I'd be meeting them, you know, on that timeline. For sure. That totally makes sense. Okay. So a couple questions as we wrap up the show, this question I ask all of my guests and that is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? To me, what it means to be unbreakable is to, is to really have that strong center, that core of, you know, of, of knowing, um, of knowing that, that, that you can actually withstand whatever the universe puts in front of you. Uh, you know, when I think unbreakable and uh, you know, <laughs> we're at the end of the episode, not the beginning. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go into the details of all of the things in my life that I think I've had to have incredible resilience, you know, in order to withstand. But to me, that's, that's what it means to be unbreakable. It means um, to have faith and trust that whatever the universe puts in front of you, whatever is is happening even in the moments when it feels un unsustainable um that there is that you need to find that place in yourself where you can have faith and trust that you will you will come out on the other side that you are designed this is what i teach you are designed to evolve and that to me is what unbreakable is right unbreakable like to break would be to snap to be unbreakable is to have the ability to evolve I love that so much that we were designed to evolve. I love that so much, Stacey. So where can everyone find you, connect with you, and learn more about you and just keep in touch? Um, well, I, I am on all the social media platforms, obviously. My website is www.stacybrassrussell.com. And I would love to um, offer to give a little gift to the audience here. 
Um, and so as we were talking, I was thinking, what would be, <laughs> what would be a great, a great gift to give? And this is what I really want to give to your audience. Um, I would really like to give some meditations um, that I have that, that I've recorded. Yeah, I think for who the women that we're talking to and the questions that you've been asking. So I'm going to gift uh, and the address, sorry, will be stacybrassrussell.com slash unbreakable. And and Matt will have two meditations that I give to my clients right off the bat for what you ask. Like, how do you help people start to have this kind of, you know, vision? So the first one is what I call the morning expansion meditation, because when we're in contraction, one of the first things that we should do is start our day with practices that help us to, you know, shift our energy to get into the high vibe that we want to be in. So there's a, a morning expansion meditation. And then I'm going to give, this is like, just so you know, I never give this out. This is not like my freebie or anything. It's a mental rehearsal that I recorded that allows you to, it takes you on a journey for that future self kind of visualization. Um, and I want to gift that to your audience because I think that that would be in line with our conversation. And it's one of my favorite ones. So it's it's an exercise that we can do to start to see ourselves in that like future, you know, kind of whatever that changes, whether it's a different kind of, you know, work or relationship or whatever. And it's how we start to get that nervous system and that emotional body connection to to the to what we would like even if in this moment right now we we've never experienced it and we and we don't know you know what it feels like so that's what's going to be there so that's stacybrassrussell.com slash unbreakable and there'll be morning expansion meditation and a mental rehearsal and I think that I'm excited to give that. So that's, that's what's so going to be there. That's so generous of you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Stacey. You're I welcome. will have that linked up in the show notes for people. Great. And then of course there's Instagram, you know, I'll, you, you know, I'm on Instagram as me, <laughs> Stacey yeah. Brass Russell. Right yeah. 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 And just a reminder for everyone to take a screenshot of you listening to the show right now tag Stacy and I so we can see you listening and we'll chat over on Instagram with you. Thank you for listening to the show and all that good stuff. So thank you so much, Stacy, for joining me this week. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm.